Hello and welcome to Fast Charge, the weekly smartphone podcast from the team at Tech Advisor. I am your host, Dom, joined this week by our usual crew of Toddy and Lewis, hey. along with Aniron popping in to help cover all of the Sony stuff. Um, yeah, so Sony announced flagship phones this week, and that was only the second most important launch of, <laughs> of what's been a nice, quiet, same day. slow week. Yeah, the second most important launch of that very day. Uh, Sony launched the Xperia 1.4 along the Xperia 10.4. We're going to talk about them. Uh, but Google announced... Uh, I'm not even going to say what Google announced because there's so much because we'll get to it. Google announced a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot more than we were expecting them to announce. Uh, and before that, earlier in the week, we also had the launch of the ZTE Axon 40 series, which we're going to talk about a little bit at the end. They are mostly exciting because we've got the third gen of ZTEs under display camera. So we're seeing the next step forward in that tech. Um, a little confession at the top of the show. I was on holiday for a lot of the past week. And then I was actually out for dinner last night. So I have missed every single one of these launches <laughs> and uh, know very little about anything we're about to discuss over the next hour. So even more than normal, I will be playing the role of enthusiastic idiot, um, asking people who know more <laughs> than me to explain in simple terms what has happened. Uh, I do know a little bit about other news from the week because I'm very good at skimming headlines and jotting like two words down in my notes to sort of rush through as we go through this. So let's do that. Uh, first off, today, uh, one of the many, many launches this week, Realme uh, gave a European launch to the Realme 9, to two more Realme 9 phones, I should say. They were, we've already had some. We've got the Realme 9 and the Realme 9 5G in Europe today along with the Realme Pad Mini, which is their dinky little Android tablet. Uh, one thing to clarify with the Realme 9s is that the Realme 9 is the Realme 9, but the Realme 9 5G is not the Realme 9 5G. Uh, by which I mean, if you've seen the Realme 9 5G in India, this is not that phone. That's a good thing, because the Realme 9 5G in India was actually the Realme 8 5G. They just kind of repackaged it for another year. Whereas the Realme 9 5G for Europe is a different and new phone. And I did double check, it is not the same as the Realme 9 5G SE, which is the other India-only version. So this is technically a seventh Realme 9 phone, Yep. Uh, but we only have six names of Realme 9 phones. Um, it's a little odd. But for Europe, there's the 9 and the 9 5G. They're actually the exact same price in the UK, though the pricing is slightly different in Europe, but it's still very close. And really, basically, what it comes down to is the, the 4G model is quite a good budget option with a lot of good specs. The 5G model drops almost every single one of its specs down a peg. You know, the display is a bit worse, the chipset's a bit worse, the charging is a bit worse, the cameras are a bit worse, but it's got 5G but it hits the same price. So you're kind of really making this very direct specs versus 5G for the same price point choice, which is kind of interesting. They're, they're one of the first brands to really put it that overtly uh, uh, in that, that budget space. I think we're getting the better version of the 5G as well, yes. in my preference, like over the Indian one, like the specs setup seems better and more kind of worthwhile for the price. Yeah, for sure. If you want to get technical, it's not really a whole additional eighth model. But there is also, I was looking on Realme UK's website after today, and there's also 
a free fire version limited edition oh, yes. of the pro yeah. the nine pro plus which is just i think a different back and instead of dare to leap it's dare to booyah as the slogan for that phone which makes me die inside hmm. <laughs> but, but that's that's an option as well anything worse yeah if you're looking for it i will it. never complain about dare to leap again <laughs> exactly <laughs> hey they didn't put it on the back though which i'm kind of sad about i wish they'd really committed but hey yeah yeah well that exists cool um <laughs> next week things are not looking likely to slow down too much although i mean i say that that next week is not quite as intense as, as having multiple flagship launches but a uh, few launches for next week uh one on the 18th of may next wednesday huawei is holding a i think what it describes as a global flagship product launch event i think that's the wording um Still playing coy about what those are, but they have a little teaser. It looks like there's something wearably. There's kind of, you know, circular watch face looking images floating around. And there's something that looks a bit like it could be a foldable. So the smart guess is this is probably the Mate XS2, which just launched in China the other week and we were talking about on the show. And to be honest, I think I said it's not getting a global launch. Lo and behold, two weeks later, <laughs> it, it looks like it probably is. So egg on my face. Like I said, enthusiastic idiot here in full force. Um, and yeah, some sort of watch. I lose track of Huawei's smartwatch lines, I'm going to be honest, because I, I never use any of them. But there's a lot. Yeah, I, I'm sure there's been one that came out in China recently and it isn't here yet. And I guess it's that one. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the, uh, the runner came out of nowhere when Lewis covered that one. But um, yeah, who knows what else they, they've they've got planned yeah the so the huawei watch is going to launch next week probably <laughs> along with along with the mate xs2 we think uh the next day the 19th of may next thursday oneplus has yet another phone launch <laughs> i cannot quite believe how many products they have managed to launch in the first five months of this year uh we are now getting a what looks like a european launch for the oneplus nord 2 T, which is a replacement for the Nord 2. Uh, all they've confirmed spec-wise is 80-watt charging. So it's going to replace the Nord 2. It'll be at least the same specs as the Nord 2, maybe a few upgrades. That 80-watt charging is certainly an upgrade. We're not sure how much else will change, but it looks basically like a T-series follow-up to the Nord 2, which makes sense. What that does raise the question of is when the Nord 3 is coming. Because we're not far off when we would have expected the Nord 3. I think that was normally kind of June, July was when the last two mm. Nord main, main Nords came out. I'm guessing that means the Nord 3 is now later in the year than we would have thought otherwise. Because uh, the Nord 2T is, is still yet to come. It's also going to come alongside the CE2 Lite and the Nord Buds, which both launched in India recently. So they're now getting a, a an international launch outside India notably not the 10r which also just launched in india so yeah complicated i'm still yeah i'm still holding out hope that the oneplus tv actually makes it out of india at one point i still think about that tv the pitch so much. the pitch on stage was extremely convincing they made it look like the coolest damn tv and i don't know how they did it it was the same the event that drops out yep. at the bottom yeah. like was it the same oh event where the God. watch was launched which turned out to be oh, terrible. I think it might have been. Yeah, I'm not I sure. Think, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> yeah, let's not focus on that. Um, I should say, if if you hear a loud knock, that is the Nord Buds turning off my house. So we will at some Ooh. point have a review. I don't know when. <laughs> but but you yeah. might have to run away and discreetly receive a Nord Buds package. Um, okay, so those are next week's big launches. 
looking a little further afield uh, for fans of foldables, this has been an interesting week because the first renders have arrived from OnLeaks for both the Z Fold 4 and the Z Flip 4. Uh, you can go look, look, look those up if you want to get a look at them. There's honestly not that much to say about either, except neither phone has changed radically from the previous generation in terms of design. So um, if you were hoping or expecting for bigger design changes, I'm sorry you'll be disappointed, but we do get a look at how they'll both look. We've heard some talk about new colors for the Flip for the Flip 4, which we spoke about before. Dimensions have changed fractionally for the phone, but it really does look just like the Flip 3. And again, on the Fold, looks very, very, very similar, except a slightly tweaked rear camera module in line with what we'd heard about the camera tweaks there. So yeah, go look, go look at them if you fancy, but basically the line is more of the same from last year, which I don't think is a big surprise to anyone. Uh, and then finally, a couple bits of, of Apple news to round us off. Uh, one, looking even further afield than these new foldables, um, we've had yet more sort of churn for the USB-C iPhone rumor mill. The latest speculation is that the iPhone 15, i.e. next year's iPhones, will be the first to move to a USB-C port and ditch lightning for good, uh, which... I'm still kind of in this, I'll believe it when I see it. We've exactly, heard this yeah. every year, <laughs> as long as I've been covering tech, I swear. And I, yeah, it probably will happen eventually. But I, yeah, until I see an iPhone with a USB-C port in it, I'm not going to believe it, I don't think. I want it. Yes. It'll be so much yeah. easier. <laughs> it's a good change. The fact that they've done it in so many the iPads and everything, it probably is coming now. But yeah, yeah I mean, everyone... And thought, I think there's... um. With MagSafe, there's less reliance on the actual lightning connector as well, so less fewer people are going to actually have the cables and stuff as time goes exactly. on. Exactly, yeah. I think it's going to matter less and so, less, and especially now that they don't even give you the actual charger anymore, it kind of removes the pressure on that a little bit further. Um, but the other Apple news this week is uh, a, a long belated farewell to the iPod Touch, the last iPod, <sighs> which I have to admit... I did not think they were still either making or selling iPods. I had no idea. So I was very surprised <laughs> to see all the news stories this week announcing they discontinued the iPod. <laughs> so, uh, I'm sure they did that a while ago. But no, apparently the iPod Touch was still an official Apple product being supported and everything. Uh, and now they are letting remaining stocks sell out. And, and that's it for for iPods. Oh, oh man. I know. I mean, I I haven't used an iPod in about ten years or more, but not more. just the just hearing it, I'm like, oh, it just gets me all nostalgic about my first iPod back in the day and how cool it was and just the click feedback of the circular uh, control. Oh, I never owned an iPod. Me neither. I had what? I had an iRiver, which was iRiver game changing at the time. It could do 15 What's FPS that? video playback if you installed the Korean Whoa. ROM. Yeah. When the iPod Photo was out in the market, so Amazing. it was like. Yeah, oh, dang. I had some <laughs> enormous creative MP3. Oh yeah, they player. were all, they were everyone. And it was one of those oh, ones yeah. that had just for the time colossal amounts of storage, so 20, 20,000 songs or something, you know. But it was it was built like a brick <laughs> at a time when when iPods were yeah still you know fairly dinky at least by comparison. Yeah, it was a defensive weapon. Yeah, I love that thing dearly. It had dents by the time I was finished <laughs> with it. Yeah. Great big dents. One in the thing that tech doesn't have enough of these days is dents. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, let's turn to the biggest news of the week, uh, Google I.O., which took place last night. Um, I missed all of it, I'll be honest, and <laughs> I've done my best to Me pick too. through the scraps today and figure out what I missed, but I feel like there was quite a lot. So 
the the I guess the highlight really is that they for a dev conference they had a heavy hardware focus and I think we'd always said beforehand there'll be a bit of hardware but remember it's a software show like don't expect too much and no Google came out swinging in the other direction so we got the Pixel 6a the bit that we were kind of pretty confident we were going to see um, we got a, a decent preview of the Pixel Watch that it is coming it is a bit further afield than the 6a but we did actually kind of see this thing in action um, we got the Pixel Buds Pro, which had been rumored pretty recently. We didn't see the Pixel Foldable, but to make up for that, we got a surprise reveal of the Pixel 7 and 7 Pro design, which I had not seen coming, uh, and the reveal that Google is working on a Pixel tablet to round out its, its product ecosystem, though that one is not coming until next year. Uh, before we get into all that, um, Toddy, you did watch the show. Was there anything of particular interest on the software side? I know they ran through some little bits, you know, the usual kind of new features in maps and stuff like that. But I know in the run-up we were talking about big announcements around Android 13 features or Wear OS, stuff like that. Did we get anything too exciting on that front? I mean, off the top of my head, nothing stood out. Just like, yeah, Android 13, here are like the key features. I mean, Aniron, maybe you can help me out. You actually took the update on our feature on that one. Oh, yeah. But yeah, I don't I don't recall anything being like revelatory in the in the moment. It was just yeah, Android thirteen's here, you can download the the beta now, I think. That's that was kind of really what the the biggest reveal of Android thirteen was in the show, which is probably one of the most expected parts of what they had to say about it. Yeah, I think there was very minor tweaks to like the earthquake detection thing that they were showing off and updates to Google Wallet. But yeah. these were not not, nothing nothing particularly significant. All the big changes, they say they were just repeating what they'd already mentioned earlier. In the yeah, day. they're looking to bring like um, IDs to Google Wallet in a more meaningful way. That, as well. that was like a, an interesting aspect of, of you know, a, a, a part of the Google system apps that we've not really had any anyone touch on in a long, long time. I guess it's, they've got to catch up with Apple on all of the the driving licenses. Yeah, for right. sure. Yeah. You know, especially when, when, when yeah. Apple, I think, I don't know if it was the last dub dub um or, or one prior but uh when they talked about you know they, they were getting um driving license i think and you could start your car yeah and all of this stuff with their with yeah. their, the iphone stuff yeah i think google's now like playing catch up but it was yeah nothing groundbreaking or earth shattering in the in the moment it was more just like android 13's here in a sense if you want to you can now download it which you could before Anyway, yeah, but yeah, but now it's even it's even <laughs> more betery. <laughs> yeah. like, I guess the beta has progressed another stage. Now mm. it's to the point where it's not guaranteed to destroy your phone immediately, whereas before you treat. were really dicing with death if you wanted to make it your main phone's <laughs> OS experience. So I guess there's that. All right, so let's turn to the hardware stuff then, because I think really that's that's the most exciting side of last night. Let's sort of build up through. Uh, we'll end with the phones, I guess. Um, Start with the Pixel Buds Pro, which um, we spoke about a bit briefly before. So they are um, launching in late July alongside the the Pixel 6a, um, and they're they're in an interesting position. They're kind of they're premium true wireless headphones, but they are not premium premium. They're two hundred dollars, uh, which sits them in this space where they're still kind of undercutting the 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 proper high-end uh, airpods pro they're around a match for the galaxy buds pro 
Um, but there are definitely more expensive true wireless pairs pairs on the market. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting seeing Google turn their hand to a heightened pair of headphones, especially ones with with active noise cancelling, which I'm we haven't seen Google do before. Um, and I'm very curious to see how they can pull that off because it's new to them. But equally, it's exactly the kind of machine learning driven feature yeah. Yeah. that Google could just come out and nail first time. Yeah, the um, they talked about they've got this new six core, I guess, dedicated chipset. I don't think it's like a, a successor to anything we've already seen in the existing Pixel Buds line. And that's kind of how their ANC algorithm is going to be kind of powered effectively, hardware-wise. I've not heard anyone like sing the praises of Pixel Buds, Buds in terms of audio quality. No. So I'm very curious to see whether that actually takes a stat like that's actually part of why these buds are worthwhile. Otherwise, the only kind of angle I see is that, like with the existing ones, it's just the convenience of having a Google Pixel-branded device that works well with most Android phones, especially Pixel phones. Yeah. And that's yeah. clearly why they make them to some extent. And you know, nothing's <laughs> more telling, I think, than the fact that we've had a lot of the press imagery Google has been sharing around for I.O. has been all of the hardware together. You know, that's the stuff yes. it wants to push. It's ecosystem, not, ecosystem. here's some phones, here's a tablet, here's some headphones. It's, here's the Google ecosystem together. Don't you want to be someone who owns all of these lovely Google products at once and how nicely they're going to work together? Um, because that's obviously always been Apple's play and Samsung has lent very hard into that space over the past few years. Huawei obviously had been as well. Um and we're slowly seeing a lot of the rivals build out in that space as much as they can. But Google has always been a bit half in, half out on, on that proper ecosystem space. And this feels like a return to that, not least when you take it together with the tablet announcement. Because again, this is a space where we've spoken about Android tablets and they're coming back. I'm bemoaning the fact that one of the things that's always held them back is there hasn't been a Google one for a while, mm -hmm. you know? So... Google makes the software, but it wasn't bothering with its own tablet hardware, which made it a lot harder for OEMs because there was clearly not a big internal Google push that tablets mattered. It's really hard. I mean, we, we can get into the tablet a bit more, not that there was a huge amount to talk about, but it's hard right now. Like the original Pixel Buds, the software experience wasn't very good. Um, and then I think they kind of rectified it when they went to the true wireless ones and the, and the Pixel Buds A, but they're the kind of the hype had gone people weren't like as like excited about those buds uh the the history of their tablets you know back when they did nexus tablets they were pretty much loved i think nexus I 7, my nexus 7. Like, everyone loved the nexus 7 then they made the pixel branded android tablets way back when there was the pixel c and i think there might have been another one hmm. they were terrible <laughs> So the hardware looked great but when you used it it was awful and it was it was a buggy mess and so I am super apprehensive about another Pixel tablet. Yeah. Um, and in terms of ecosystem right now, you know, the Pixel 6 series, they said it's our best-selling Pixel phones to date. But also, this is maybe more than any Pixel phone I can think of in recent memory. The number of bugs that users have been hitting, again, it's yeah. the software. Like, the hardware seems solid, but the software is really bad. And that's the issue that they have with their, their uh, the tablets as well and i'm really concerned in terms of ecosystem the reliability of things like pixel buds switching between devices and stuff yeah it, that's it, my huge concern if right it's now. not seamless and 
easy and everything, then the ecosystem doesn't matter. Because the only page yeah. for by the Google version is it will work perfectly with all the other Google things you own. So if it doesn't, then well, you might as well just <laughs> have AirPods together with your Google phone because it's going to be just as awkward. Um, but yeah, I, I think you've hit the nail on the head in terms of the track record here for both tablets and headphones. They are hit and miss would be generous, maybe. Yeah. Uh, we've had a comment on YouTube from uh, Henry Burrell, who's actually our, our current phones editor, who will, couldn't join the show this week, but he will hopefully be with us next week. Uh, but he wanted to chime in because he hates the Pixel Buds so much. Uh, and just wanted to let us all know that the the OG Pixel Buds are the worst product I have ever reviewed. Wow. And I I remember this. I agree with the second gen ones as well. Yeah, I remember working with Henry when he was reviewing the Pixel Buds. Um, They they hurt his ears to use, from what I remember. They're just painful and awful. Well, the design looks just like bring it back to the pros the pros the design looks identical i don't know if the, mm. the drivers are bigger or anything like that i don't know like the finer points of like the internals but the design looks identical to the one we've seen from the last two sets of true wireless that they've done yeah um in some nice colors again they look familiar colors i don't think there's any new colors they seem to be informed by the, the current pixel range yeah more than like what they were teasing later on in the show um yeah, so I like, I like the look of them. And to be fair, yeah. I know we've we've not been huge fans of Pixel Buds, but I've spoken to other tech journalists who really liked the most recent Pixel Buds. Uh, I don't know that anyone liked the originals, but the the more recent ones, I do know some people who were big fans of those. So I don't want to sound like too down on them, but yeah, there's got to be big question marks around uh, how the Pixel Buds Pro perform. And then yeah, those same question marks about the tablet. The tablet, I'm a little thrown by because. Google are pitching this. They haven't said much. They've said they're they're designing a tablet. It's going to come out in 2023, and they're showing a, a you know a brief look of the design, um, and spoken a little bit about it. And the kind of things they're saying are big screen and premium. When you look at it, it's got quite a thick bezel around the edge. The back it looks, looks like it's got a plastic back. They haven't sort of confirmed the material, but it certainly looks like it's a kind of thick curved plastic finish. If you take the Google Nest Hub and just pull the screen off the speaker, yes. it's kind of that. Yeah. That's what it looks like. And yeah. it looks fine if that was meant to be a two or three hundred dollar tablet. You know, I'd Which, say, yeah. cool. If this is meant to be a base iPad competitor, I'd be like, yeah, Perfect. fine. You've, you know, I don't know if I like the look of it as much as say the Xiaomi Pad Five, but it's not that far off. It looks kind of googly, so cool. But it sounds like this is more like an iPad Air or even an iPad Pro. And I mean, we don't know enough about it, but it doesn't look like that, does it? It doesn't look like on the design level they're, they're keeping up. Yeah. yeah. Isn't it white? Mm. Yeah. The white doesn't white help. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. The, um, and I think also just coming into, you know, we, we whenever we do talk about the tablet market, you know, the iPads kind of have their own bubble and expectations are defined by other iPad stuff. They're yep. not really defined by any other competitors, not really even Surface, which is kind of a weird halfway house beasts type thing to compare them against. I only really feel like Samsung's earned its place to produce premium tablets. They built up to it, you know, that they've always had a tablet presence. And then only more recently have we got things like the, I think from the S7, they really got serious about uh, Tab S7 making like premium slates. And obviously this year we had the SA Ultra. Um, 
I feel like Google coming in cold to that market and when they had this spotty track record is yeah. a really concerning move in my mind. And I think they should, like you said, I think 300 is like the max that people should yeah. be expected to pay. They can go premium with their phones because the camera tech is so good, but that's the one aspect that you don't need to worry about on a tablet, not really. You want a good front camera, but like you're exactly. not going to be taking like Google HDR vistas. Don't obviously come into play here. Yeah. So don't go premium, Google. Rain it in. Samsung must be fuming. Samsung have single-handedly propped up the the Android tablet market for the best part of a decade with no thanks. And just constant criticism from the media still being like, oh, Android tablets, they suck. You know, and even, you know, it's still Samsung. Everyone just being like, Android tablets suck. The only people who make them are Samsung. They suck too. Uh, Google pops in once every four years, tries one, goes, nah, tablets are too hard. We're not going to bother for a while. Um... And so for Google to now say, oh, actually, we're, we're finally going to do a tablet version of Android. And now oh, we're finally building a tablet. You know, we're going to swan in and dominate this space. Samsung must just be like looking at them thinking, what, you absolute. <laughs> <laughs> There's something about Android tablets. It's the same problem that I feel like um, streaming service UIs have yeah. and smart TV UIs. It's like just... It's obviously work that needs to be done to make them good, but no one seems to know, including me, how to make them good. But everyone can see that they're bad. But mm. No one really knows how to make them good. And I feel like that's Android tablets all over. Like, obviously, we know there's underlying issues with Android and the big screen in Android L, mm. which apparently is available, sort of addresses that. But yeah, I still, yeah, even even with Samsung's efforts, yeah. um, it's still not cracked. And I don't, I don't think I have confidence in Google to crack it with this tablet. Yeah, absolutely not. Yeah. I- yeah, I'm. I imagine, like as we've seen with like the influx of companies making tablets mm. again, that they all go for this, or at least start at the budget end, and then would be slowly building it. I imagine Google is thinking, we can put a real statement out there with our first tablet in years. And I imagine, I know there were some people were speculating whether there'll be like keyboard accessories. So whether Google will think, or it can be like the Tab S8 Ultra, it can be a proper laptop replacing it. It's gonna. And I think it'll be very dangerous for it to start making such big claims early on before it's established its Pixel tablet brand again. Yeah, I think it needs to learn from the success of its iPhones and, and play in that space with tablets, at least for the first one, and just kind of prove it works. Or or in the way that even the, the, the Pixel 6 and 6 Pro are kind of affordable premium. You know, they're flagships, but yeah. they're still kind of undercutting the competition a little bit. Hopefully, when Google say premium, that's kind of what they mean. Still coming in a little cheaper than, than Samsung and, and cheaper than Apple's top offerings. But we'll see. This is a long way off. So tablet next year. Um, let's talk about the watch, which we didn't know how much watch we were going to get to watch. We thought they might tease it. They might, you know, just show us, uh, you know, one watch face. They might do a full OS reveal without talking about the hardware. Um and in fact, at least coming from, from the perspective of an outside observer just catching up everything today, I feel like we learned a lot more about the watch than I maybe expected to going into the event. Uh, is that fair? Uh, yeah, I'd say so. I think there was, a, there was just a couple of little admissions that I thought were interesting. Like uh, the designers leaked pretty extensively and it was verified, you know, those leaks were on the money. It's this domed kind of black half on the front and then polished steel, stainless steel on the back, it's recycled stainless steel. Um, the thing I think the that was already kind of talked about in rumors and leaks was whether it's proprietary straps, it is, mm-hmm. and they latch on, they kind of 
snap in and then you twist it to lock them in place. It looks like a quite a cool design. Um, so that's one thing you've got to kind of be come to terms with if you're hoping for your own straps going on a Pixel Watch. Um, and the other thing was, for me at least, was the how Fitbit played into the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had on the main screen of the watch they were showing on, on, the, on, the, on the presentation has a Fitbit widget or tile, if you will, as part of Wear OS that is for activity tracking and sleep tracking and all sorts. Um, so Fitbit is properly coming to Wear OS and it's going to be initially exclusive to the Pixel Watch. So that was an interesting move. There are a few other tidbits about Wear OS. Um, there's now speculation because there's only been one leaked image that suggests it's not called Wear OS 3 anymore. It's going to be Wear OS 3.1 for the Pixel Watch. I don't know if that's exclusive to the Pixel Watch or if that's what all the other watches when they get updated later this year are going to run. It's unclear. The, they still didn't say. They just called it Wear. The naming and the versioning on, on all of this has been so messy. No one has any idea what to call this software. Yeah. Or even, you know, it's not even, it's still not clear almost a year later whether Wear OS 3 is is already out on the Galaxy Watch 4 or whether it's not out and we're still waiting for it to arrive on the Pixel Watch. <laughs> like Technically speaking, is it already here or not? I don't really have an answer to that. What do you guys think of the watch though from what you saw? like? I have to yeah. say I really like... I, I haven't seen a lot... I haven't dug deep into the functionality, but the design I love. And I'm not a smartwatch guy... Um, I don't really enjoy wearing or reviewing them. I, I try and avoid them if I can. And when I review one, I'll review it. And then I very rarely keep it on my wrist for longer than I have to. Um, and I don't know that I like this enough that that would change that. Mm. But I do really like how it looks. I like the fact that it is unashamedly a bit of kind of smart hardware. It's obviously taking inspiration from watches, but it's not trying to look like an analog watch. It has its own look. Um but I like the fact that it's round. I like the fact that they seem to be making that work in, in the UI space. And it just looks so clean and simple. And, you know, this sort of single curved pebble of glass kind of look to it that really works for me, at least. Yeah, it has a, a rotating crown. I think the only thing they call it a haptic crown or they think they call it a tactile crown. <laughs> so that gives you some, yeah, not digital, but it's tactile. So it will have some some level of feedback, I feel. Um, is what that means and yeah the silicon straps like the whole thing kind of makes sense it feels decidedly like in the same um school of design as what we've seen mainly from the nest stuff actually maybe more so than uh it looks kind of like a mini nest thermostat in a way Mm. more so than like a pixel phone um which i thought was quite interesting uh the thing i did notice was the to the 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 crown and i noticed it went partly into the black curved front so i was like okay how much of that is actually display and the display, when you see it lit up, isn't actually that big. There's quite a sizable bezel, Fine. basically yes. anywhere it curves along the edge. So that's something to bear in mind. If you have a black watch face, yes. yeah, it'll look good. But... Yeah, so the screen is not that big. Yeah, that's we, fair. We, we didn't get any specs on like how big that screen is or how big the casing is or anything like that. Like that, we did see Rick Osterley, who's like head of product, I think, who's a pretty big guy. He's pretty tall. Um, he had one on his wrist on stage, which he kind of just pulled back his his jacket yeah. to reveal, which was a slick reveal. But um, yeah, on him it looked like no, it didn't look that tiny to me. I thought I think it's bigger than I was expecting, um, or the really thicker. But then 
But yeah, I think he's got like broader wrists oh. than I've got pretty dainty wrists. So I reckon on me it'll look kind of huge. But yeah, be curious to see it like yeah. in, in person and kind of get a feel for just how big it really is. Hmm. I, I wonder if Google will ever, maybe not with this first generation, but to have two different sizes. Yeah. Because I imagine that's something they'll be building towards at least. It... Yeah, we don't. It does look a bit yeah. bigger, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it is odd because they did say, I think, when they first admitted they were working on a watch in 2018, they said, we're not looking for a one-size-fits-all solution. But if there is one casing size, it is sort of a <laughs> one-size-fits-all exactly solution. Yeah, <laughs> quite literally. Yeah. Uh, I guess, yeah, the, the other interesting, I guess it comes down to price as well here, whether I imagine they'll be undercutting like the Apple Watch or the, the Galaxy Watches. But where they position this is interesting in terms of um, whether they want it to be ultra affordable, a good entry point into the world of pixel wearables, or if they want to push it and claim it's like a proper full computer on your wrist, kind of like the Apple Watch does. When now it's been made real, I'm wondering, like, does this open the door for down the line a Pixel Watch A? Yeah, curious. Yeah, maybe. Oh, yeah. Like. I I imagine they'll be pushing this one in the two to three hundred range, a rat, basically very similar Apple to watch. the Galaxy Watch. I uh, think a bit below the Apple Watch around yeah. galaxy watch i think they'll look at exactly where samsung placed theirs and say yeah that's a, that's a pretty good spot to be mm. where they they still get to have that we're cheaper than apple but you don't want to <clears throat> you don't want to go too cheap because then you know this is them doing their first pr proper smartwatch kind of thing they mm -hmm. want to they want to convince you it's quality not a budget thing um yeah. and you know you can do that in this space without going too expensive where it's to say, yeah, and where this is a parallel to what we were saying with tablets earlier, but the difference is with tablets, premium means close to a grand, whereas here, <laughs> yeah. premium can yeah. mean a few hundred. Yeah, not to say this dictates price, but like, as they didn't talk about hardware, hardware leak suggests like it's if there is a cellular model, it will use a Samsung modem. So whatever the the LTE modem is in the Galaxy Watch Four is probably the same one that mm. would. So that has like a base cost that would sort of inform where this is going to be headed price-wise. There's also speculation as to whether they've worked on their own, maybe not Tensor, but their own chipset yeah. for this, or whether it's just using the same, I think it's the Exynos W920, which is what's in the, the Galaxy Watch 4 again. Um, oh, considering they yeah. talked about that partnership with Samsung last year, and that was how they built it, I reckon it's underneath it's the Galaxy Watch 4. That's my guess. What will be interesting, I guess, is on that note... <laughs> whether it's closer to the Galaxy Watch 4 or the Galaxy Watch 5. Because mm. when this, you know, what we know is this is coming in autumn. Well, by then, we probably expect to see the Galaxy Watch 5 in, in August, I guess. August. So I by then we'll have, we'll probably have Samsung's next gen. Samsung will have released two Wear OS 3 watches <laughs> before <laughs> Google gets its first one out. Um, yeah. From, from what we're expecting right now. So... Yeah, I, with how long this has been in development, based on what we know from leaks, there is this worry that actually, in terms of the underlying hardware, it might be closer to Samsung's year-old model than it is to the Samsung model that launches at the same time. And at the same time, Wear OS 3 supposedly won't really run properly on devices that don't have a Snapdragon Wear 4100 or newer, which that's the newest one that Snapdragon yep. that the Snapdragon range offers right now. So like anything from like last, even last year... Wear OS 3 won't properly run on it. Mm. And also you have to reset your device to factory. 
to install it. Apparently, right. this is what we've been Fun. told. So yeah, oh, it's still a mess, it's even though we now know so more messy. about it. We also even we we finally got like a little bit more word on uh, the Google Assistant coming to the Galaxy Watch fours. Yes. But even then, we just still essentially got more confirmation that yeah, it's still coming soon. And they've basically been saying that since last August and still failing to actually get the assistant on the Galaxy Watch 4. But um, yeah, we still have so many questions about the Pixel Watch, but my initial impression is is pretty positive. But with that yeah. disclaimer that I have no vested interest in smartwatches. So yeah. I like how it looks. I think it's got yeah. a heart rate sensor on the back, which makes sense. Yeah. I hope the battery's good. I'm just here for a notification integration. Better notification integration. That was one of the key things of all Android watches that I hate compared to the Apple Watch. Yeah. Is that it's just there's that lack of synchronicity between mm -hmm. the two. Yeah. So I'm hoping Very messy. it changes that. The other, the other thing to note with the Fitbit integration is that depending on what we see from Fitbit, this could very easily launch and immediately be the best Fitbit smartwatch, which is a yeah. pretty low bar to clear. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. This is the... Yeah, this is the first non-Fitbit branded wearable to offer Fitbit tracking on your wrist, yeah. which is kind of a huge deal for Fitbit as a brand. Exactly. They didn't really touch on. So it has huge implications for the future of Fitbit's other like line um, of trackers existing and, and forthcoming. And they talked about just like, yeah, it, 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 yeah, it just seems very odd. It's an odd move. It makes sense because Google owns Fitbit as of the start of last year, but the, the Fitbit fans, I don't know if this is something they're actually excited about. I, I feel like this is not what they would be wanting. They'd just want another sense or another Versa or whatever. It really cracks the door for that Fitbit ecosystem that's been very tightly controlled with all those subscriptions yeah. and everything and then starts yeah. opening questions of how that works. I think it makes sense yeah. as to why there is a subscription now because they're going to start putting their stuff on hardware that's not theirs and they yeah. still need to make money off it somehow. Yes. So subscriptions and i'm yeah. sure again we'll have to see what happens down the line but i'm sure at least for a while we'll still see the the sort of the more impressive health sensing stuff on the latest senses yeah. and verses to yeah. say be tied to the next gen fitbit hardware so and some of those subscription features to be tied to that hardware so there is still at least some for the real fitbit devotees there's still a kind of like well you don't get the best sensing unless you get the, the official yeah. fitbit but if you just yeah. want your tracking your to and heart rate sensing to connect to your Fitbit account, you can get that on other hardware. But we'll see. Yeah. All right, let's turn to phones because we've uh, already gone half an hour on Google without even talking about either of the phones. We <laughs> uh, let's talk Pixel 7 first because there's a lot less to say there. Um, am I correct in saying they just showed off what the Pixel 7 and 7 Pro look like? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, which I wasn't expecting. None of us were expecting. <laughs> I was very confused. I genuinely, when I was seeing, seeing some of the reporting, I, I, I was like, I thought there were typos on some of the sites I was seeing. So they were like, Google reveals Pixel 7. I was like, ah, these buffoons, imbeciles, you know, <laughs> they don't know what they're writing about. And then look, no, okay, they have actually <laughs> gone and revealed that. So we have design of the 7 and the 7 Pro, uh, new color range, some, some tweaked colors. And now that, yeah. that camera bar has these kind of metallic tones and these cutouts for the uh, for the cameras. So on the 7, it's a kind of oval cutout and the Pro gets an oval and a circle. I have to admit, we'd seen this design leaked, but you know, this is now the official reveal. My immediate thought on seeing Google has decided to reveal this now is to try and get ahead of the iPhone 14 Pro series <laughs> so that it looks like Apple's punch holes 
have copied Google's camera bar <laughs> rather than yeah. the other way around. I was going to say that, yeah. Because this right. is the exact exactly. design everyone says we're going to see on the 14 Pro's punch hole yep. cameras. The pill and the punch next to each other. And now it's Google's design first. Oh, sure. Yeah. Fascinating. Uh, what do you guys think about the, the visor? Or now, I kind of want to call it the bracelet now because it, it's... The metal frame now runs through that band across the back, and it's just cutouts for the cameras. Where mm. you know, whereas it's glass on the on the Pixel Six series. What do you guys I think? Like about it. It? I think it looks. I think it looks better than the Pixel Six. I, yeah. I don't know. I, I I didn't like the glass. I, um, I think the metal is kind of more reassuring as I place it down on a hard surface. <laughs> it's not gonna. I really shatter. wasn't sure, like tonally, like whether it was the right call. I thought it looked a bit funny, and I'd seen leaked cases like just before. Mm which just had cutouts for those camera elements. And they look weird to me as well. But um, yeah, I think the more I look at it, the more I like it. I like it, but yeah. with the caveat that I've, I think, said several times the show, I don't like the look of the Pixel 6 series. I don't really like the look of these either. I just like them a bit more. I still yeah. broadly think, as a design choice, the, the camera bar and everything just does not work Very for weird. me. Uh, <laughs> and it's not grown on me over time. But I think yeah. this is a slight refinement of it for me. Yeah, my only kind of positive on the camera bar is that it's distinct. That doesn't necessarily mean it's nice, yes. but it's distinct. So you can recognize the pixel from a mile off. This softens that a bit by having this gold bar instead of this like prominent black bar. But yes, it is more elegant, I would say. Um, yeah, it looks more premium. Is it only in gold, the metal work? No, what we've seen. there are sort of silvery versions. Silver. And okay. on the black model, I'm not sure if it's just the lighting but on the black yeah. model, it looks like the metal is darker, like the more graphite-y. Okay. Gun, yeah. Which is like true a on gun, the like space grey rather than a silver. Yeah. yeah. But I'm not, it might just be that one of those optical illusion things where it's because of the surrounding sure. colour. And if you put them next sure. to each other, I'd reveal, you know, they'd be the exact same, maybe. Yeah. Oh, I love colour science. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. I, yeah, I have to say, I don't particularly like, I think, I think they've called it lemon grass, this really light yeah. green. Yeah. I, I'm not sure that the, the bar doesn't do. particularly like I, oh, I don't like the bar clash. contrast with... Yeah, how the, how the two yeah. clash. Is, but yeah. the actual kind of, um, like, lem sippy colour, I, I quite like, <laughs> I think. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah, never not going to make that association. <laughs> That's the lem sippy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, okay, so Pixel Seven, we know it's getting a design design overhaul. Uh, what well, overhaul's too strong? A design a design adjustment. Um, yeah. The only thing that's well, there are many things that are funny about this announcement, and it coming like months ahead of the the phone's launch is odd. What makes it doubly odd, and this is just so Google is this kind of thing of announcing the new design for the Pixel Seven at the same time as they reveal the Six A, which does not have this design language. It is not. But they literally did the same thing last year, so I don't know why yeah. we're surprised about this anymore. But it, the, it has a little nod. If you look at the camera bar real close on the 6A, it does have an oval cutout in the shiny black. Oh, really? oh it does, yeah. Which, like, this is a continuous piece of, of glass over the top yes. of all the cameras. Whereas on the, the A, there is actually a little oval kind of like I'm etching line. I'm going to zoom in. Oh, good yeah. image and put There is a good shot. One of the press images has a good yeah, clear yeah. shot of it. Okay. Um, so it's sort of like a transitionary element. I but see that. Unless you know to look for it, you wouldn't see it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, also, just quickly back on the si on the 7s, they didn't show any photos of the front of the phone. So you have no idea if the bezels are any better. Because I'd say the bezels are pretty bad on the regular Pixel 6. Yes. They're pretty hefty. Yeah. And they are hefty on the 6A as well, I would say. There's also been some speculation about an under-display camera in the 7, as well. or at least yeah. in the 7 Pro. And this, you know, we have had nothing to confirm or deny that. 
Um, but 6A is launching late July. Uh, 28th of July is the on-sale date, I believe. Uh, same time as yep. the Buds Pro, as we were talking about earlier. Um, mm -hmm. And it is $449, £399, at least for the starting price. There may end up being like, other storage options and, and stuff like that. Um, and yeah, as we said, it, it looks a lot like the 6 series, which I think is... You know, we've said what we said about that design. I think it's good to bring it in line. It's certainly a more interesting design than, say, the 5A last year, which was very, very dull looking, for better or worse. Um, the big upgrade here, obviously, other than the design changes, it's got the Tensor chip. So now we have an, an A-series Pixel with the exact same chipset as the flagships, much like Apple does with the iPhone SE using the same chip yeah. as the iPhone 13s. So... That puts us in an interesting space from the get-go because I think it's fair to say in terms of sort of core phone usage, you know, what you think when you think about like benchmarking for gaming and stuff, Tensor is behind, say, the Snapdragon 8 Gen 1. Whether it's machine learning prowess, you know, compensates in other spaces is up for debate, but it's not quite as powerful as the 8 Gen 1 for, say, pure gaming, though it's not far off. Yeah. Yeah. But even so, put that chip in a $450 phone and it's going to look a lot more powerful than almost everything else around it, with with a few no, a few exceptions, but not too many. Um, and certainly, say I was moaning about the Galaxy A fifty three on on the show a couple of weeks ago, and that yeah. really not having performance, I was happy with this around the same price should really blast past what the Samsung world offers. Yeah, I think the the pricing of the Pixel six is already really strong mm. for what it offers with that killer camera and the Tensor. So this is, I mean, this is, a, this is going to be, especially in the US, it's going to be a hugely powerful device, I think, because of what else it's going up against. It's just not a lot out there at that price point that's going to hit as hard as this. Yeah. So it's really strong. Mm. Um, I, I, I did find it unusual that there's, I know they've done this before, but there's only one configuration, mm. six gigs of RAM and 128 of storage. It feels like they would need something a bit more generous and because... I imagine that's not enough for most. Ah, uh, but they want you to sign up for Google Cloud Storage. And Google One, yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you should, yeah. you know, as I say that as a, you know, as a Google One subscriber for several years. But yeah, <laughs> uh, they they absolutely Google of all people will I think take that line that now everything should be in the cloud as long as it's enough space for your apps. Um, and to be fair, I think they're probably right for most people, and especially at this mid-range segment where it's maybe less likely. The only real exception to that is people who want to install a lot of big games. And this isn't really a phone that you buy if that's if that's your focus. Um, so I, I kind of get it. And I think it it simplifies their manufacturing pipeline and stuff like that and all their pricing messaging, which I get. If anything, I've always been a bit surprised Apple hasn't done the same in lowering its storage SKUs, um, at least on, say, the, like, the non-pro models and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, it's not worth it. Sixty-four. They were like, "Yeah," but I was like, "Come on, you can't do this anymore." Like, <laughs> I don't see the stats on the breakdown of which models ship with which storage configurations in, like, mm. you know, the the sales of each storage SKU for different iPhones. Mm. Um, anyway, yeah. So this looks very much like a Pixel Mid Ranger, which is to say, it has basically the same design as the Pixel flagship. Um, the nice thing this year is it's got performance to match which hasn't always been yeah. true um cameras will basically have this weird thing where the camera hardware isn't as good 
but it's got all the same image processing because it's got the same chip, and so it should still be really, really good. Um, and it's Google, so like we get with Samsung and Apple, charging is a bit meh. Um, it's got 18 watt wired charging, which you know, it's fine, but nothing special. Battery life is be... probably going to be fine, but nothing yeah. special. That would be underwhelming, but the charging, the narrative of charging on the Pixel 6 and 6 Pro is already such a mess yes. that it's not actually that different. Like, unless you buy the Pixel charger, exactly. any other charger is probably going to be slow anyway. Yeah. So. Um, but 5G and the other nice touch is IP67, which, um, yeah. oh, nice. again, still a relative rarity in that price, but it's an interesting point because it, again, makes it clear that Google is taking the same approach here that Apple and Samsung have which is kind of thinking about the kind of specs they're focusing on in this mid-range segment is those kind of, you know, reassuring niceties like an IP rating um, and delivering key specs where they can say, this is just like our flagships. Um, mm. You know, that kind of no compromise messaging and hoping you don't notice the other areas where they've compromised a lot. Uh, but yeah. Not necessarily that this has to be the jumping off point, but it's also something that previous, the, I think, Mark II and Mark III Xperia 10s in their kind of 300-ish pound price point area that they inhabited. They were like the only phones with OLED displays and water resistance. Yeah. And that was their their selling point, I think. Yeah. yeah. So the Pixel 6a is doing much the same in that regard. And that's really nice. Yeah. Um, the smaller display, it's because it's 6.1. Yeah, I was about to say, yeah. Yeah. That could yeah. be a big selling point, I think. I know so yeah. many people... I mean, who knows? With small phones, it's gone... We talk a lot about the appeal, but it doesn't get matched by sales figures. But anecdotally, <laughs> I knew lots of yeah, people yeah. who are Pixel users who were disappointed that the 6 is as big as it is and that there was Huge. no small version in the 6 line. And I could imagine a lot of people looking at the 6A and saying, hey, you know what? It looks like the others. It's got the same chip. Cameras are still going to be really good, if but maybe not as good. And it's a smaller phone. Like I'll just buy this one because it's smaller. It's, it's going to look chunky, I think, because it's the same thickness. Yes. So despite having smaller height and width, it's going to have the same thickness as the other two, So, or at least the, the regular Pixel 6. So it's going to be a chunky-looking phone, I think. I don't and... think they reveal weight, but I would wager it will be a bit hefty because of that. Not not really yeah. heavy, but... You Considering know. its screen size, yeah, yeah. It'll probably be quite one of the heavier phones. Um, and also, again, it, it I, am, I think it has the bezels of the 6, pretty much, like the same sort of thickness of bezel. They look similar. Yeah. Sure. It's not the most elegant device, but no. I think it hits a really good. Has point. Google ever made the most elegant device? <laughs> okay. Uh, I mean, the Nexus Five was kind of amazing. It wasn't necessarily the prettiest phone around, but it was a great device, <laughs> and I loved the Nexus. Was it the Six P, which Huawei made? The Six P. Yes, I had love something the to it. It was huge yeah. for the time, yeah. but that design. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, you know, I've often owned Google phones. I had a Nexus. I, I had a couple of Nexus phones, I think, and I already said I had the tablet. I, you know, I've, I'm a fan of a lot of their hardware, um, even even though they do get it wrong a lot of the time as well. But I know elegance is not necessarily what I associate with Google's design language. No. Uh, they they tend to be a little chunky and clunky, um, but I don't mind that about them. But it's it's the space they've they've occupied. Yeah. <laughs> They're good at Do you guys know stuff. do you know the Boba Kiki psychological test? No. It's like which one of those is sharp and which one is round? Boba or Kiki? Boba's round. Yeah. yeah. Everyone says Boba's yeah. round. Yeah. And Kiki is sharp, right? Yeah. Even though you have no idea what the shape is yeah. that's associated with that word. 
I feel like the the current design language that Google's applying, especially to these products, is Bobo. Yeah, it's yeah, like, very it much feels so. like that all over the place. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> am, am I right in thinking that the under display fingerprint sensor is new to the the A series? Oh, oh yes, 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 because yeah. it was yeah, on the back, think, like the, the yeah, good spot. Yeah, yeah, I was, I was, I was diving into the specs to see that one. I mean, it's a huge pain yeah. point on the for most Pixel Six and Six Pro users. Yeah, it's not I was necessarily saying, a good thing. Enjoying it, yeah. it's a bold choice, really. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, like here's the speed. Like it's not too bad, but it's definitely slower than most other phones. Yeah. Um, Google says it's for security. Maybe by then. Yeah, Google's lying. They're just like, oh, I don't know. Um, yeah, with all the other issues that the Pixel software currently has, I hope that that's addressed even more so. They already have sped it up once. Yeah. But by the time the 6A launches in, was it June or July? It's the end of June. July. So they've given themselves a full yeah. month and a half. They've got time uh, to work on to it. address that. Yeah. Yeah. Which, yeah, again, it is interesting. They're not, they're not quite mm. ready to sell it yet. Uh, and it's funny because you then kind of think, oh, well, the 6A is the one they're, they're launching now and everything else is coming later in the year. And then you kind of like, well, actually, hang on, the, the 6A is coming at the end of July, at which point it's only then a couple months like before, a month we, yeah. <laughs> before we get the watch and, and the 7, probably. So they're not as far apart as it, as it seems, actually, because of the, the delay here. But uh, anyway, let's move on and talk about the other stuff because we've done so much of the show on, on Google. We do need to talk about poor Sony, who... <laughs> I way to start do not know, I, this is no comment on the quality of phones, but what on earth were they thinking announcing their new phones on the same day as IO? <laughs> I do, I cannot comprehend the decision there. Google IO is at that date in the sand for months. And why would you look at, at the calendar and say, oh yeah, like oh, one of our biggest rivals is announcing new phones that day. We'll go for the exact same day to make a kind of underwhelming we've just tweaked a couple things from last year phone announcement while Google are going to go and unveil a whole slate of new hardware. You, you could say in a vacuum, the specs of the one Mark three were already so good that they just made the upgrades they needed to, to make, to yeah. keep it timely, like a new chipset. Yeah. And that is what they've done with maybe one sort of exception in the, in the camera zoom feature, Yeah, which we can get onto. But yeah. Also like, Sony doesn't really sell in the US, so I kind of understand. Where do they sell, Tolly? Uh, I mean, Japan <laughs> super well. Like, yeah, they that's are. probably fair. They are quids in, in Japan. Uh, they do okay in Europe when they're available, but they're like... Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's that's kind of it, really. Exactly. Mm. Yeah, but like the, the fact that the... Oh, that's the bud. Uh -huh. um, <laughs> I can't get it. So I think my wife will hopefully be able to do that. Uh, the availability, yeah. Um, they also set the launch for like 8 a.m. our time, which means everyone in the US yeah. is, is asleep. Yep. So like yeah, they're really not going to hit many like publications. But again, I guess I was telling them to talk about this. They phone. presumably were just picking the best time for the Japanese market. And I guess maybe that's what they cared yeah. about. You know, it was a global yeah. launch and they put it Japan first. And, and maybe that, that does make sense for them. Um, so yeah, as you alluded to, that they've really taken the the One Mark Three and not changed a whole lot. Uh, the design is basically the same. I mean, fundamentally, they've upgraded the chipset and they've upgraded the selfie camera and the zoom. Finally, camera. and yeah. that's basically it. I'm sure there's other little tweaks here and there, but the real core what's changed this year it's chipset, selfie camera, zoom camera. The struggle I have is they've given it a price hike at the same time. 
I can't. Yeah. I couldn't believe that. And when the I One saw Mark Three was already overpriced, <laughs> and so. this is more expensive. So this is now uh, in the UK. It's thirteen hundred pounds. It's fourteen hundred euros, yeah. and in the US. It's sixteen hundred dollars. Start price. <laughs> the only yeah, the US has double the storage. Yeah, that's the only kind of caveat. It's to half that a terabyte of storage big... in the US, but that's the but only like... <sighs> It's Sony. mad, and, and you know, I guess they've just decided their niche is every spec under the sun, and will be expensive, and we won't sell a lot of them. But for the people who are <laughs> Sony diehards, they'll just be like, "This is the best spec phone I can buy." And I can afford to buy it, and yeah. go. And as you said, they they hadn't left themselves a lot of room after last year because the One Mark Three was also incredibly highly specced. You know, it out. Yeah. You know, it matched all and it delivered, almost every like, rival on every core spec. It, it wasn't hype. It did deliver. Yeah. Um, they they the, like I remember because I reviewed that the Mark Three like one of the big pain points that excellent display, 4K HDR, AMOLED, 120 hertz, amazing, 21 by nine. They've doubled the brightness, so it does a peak brightness that's twice as bright as mm -hmm. before, which that was a huge issue for that display. Yeah. And and when Sony's done 4K screens, they've always struggled with that on phones, mm -hmm. so it's nice to know that that was the thing they focused on. Um, and yeah, performance was already really, really good. They've just kept it in step with the rivals. Uh, I genuinely was more excited about the front camera upgrade than the back camera thing, because... The selfies on a phone, that camera is such a huge part of it. Yeah. The selfies have always been rubbish. So what So what is the upgrade here? So I know what they have now is a 12 megapixel sensor. Yeah, it's a larger, physically larger sensor, which I think based on the rendered imagery, the press image is showing like the sensor kind of, they did a sort of x-ray shot on mm. their website. It does look like the bezel might be thicker at the top as well to allow for that bigger sensor, which will be interesting to see if that's the case. But yeah, they've got a bigger lens, bigger sensor. Um, it means you can shoot, I think, 4K 60 on the front cool. um, and HDR on the front, which I don't think you could do before. Or if you did, it was mm. rubbish because all, everything from that camera was rubbish. So selfies are going to be better. I think that's good that they've actually done that. Um, shall I talk about the rear as well, the rear camera upgrade? Yeah. Because it's, yeah, it's, it. it's still a trio of 12 meg sensors. Yep. Um, the cool thing they introduced last year was that they had one lens, one sensor, but it could do two focal lengths. Yep. I can't remember what the magnification it was like three and 4.4 times or something i think that's right can, three and 4.4 yeah yeah so like the s21 and s22 ultra having two zoom lengths that are optically zoom mm. here though they've added in the ability to move between those optically which is insane in a phone like oh, that's yeah. amazing that's so cool. like having a telescopic zoom lens but sideways inside the phone's body it's no thicker than the last phone it's actually a gram lighter than the last phone somehow as well so it's it's an impressive technical feat, as was last year's camera system for that alone. Yep. Um, and it means, yeah, you can zoom from the ultra wide th straight through to max. And that middle section is all optical. Yeah. And that's really cool. Um, yeah, I mean, that's one of those. Again, I guess it's so telling about who they're talking to, because you talk to someone who knows phones and knows camera tech and they'll go, yeah. wow, what? How do they do that? Yeah, that's yeah. so cool. It's continuous optical. Incredible. <laughs> You talk to the everyday person and say, oh, it's got continuous zoom from three and a half to five times. And they're like, my phone already does that. I couldn't go <laughs> yeah. between those. It and really you say, no, but this you. time it's, it's all optical. It's all the lens. And they're like, what do you mean? I, I could do it before I zoomed. It, it you know, oh, went from one to the hurts. other. <laughs> when I see people just pinching yeah. in before they take in the photo, I'm like, you, you could just oh. do it afterwards and you'll have more pixels to play with. Like, yeah. just don't do it. 
But yeah, how, you know, how do they possibly communicate the spec to a general audience that does not understand what they're? And I don't want to downplay what they've done because it's so cool. But it yeah. just speaks to who their market are. They are, they are trying to hit the people who you describe that, and they immediately know what they've achieved and how impressive it is. And they must recognize that they are not going to appeal to the bigger audience, who will broadly, you'd think, be more impressed by Samsung saying our zoom goes all the way to a hundred, you know. Which sounds to the layperson like a bigger yeah. achievement, right? Yeah, I mean, if we're talking about like, yeah, appealing to Sony fans, like, should we talk Music Pro? Yeah, go through. I, I have absolutely no idea what that is. So, okay, you know, win me over. Um, anyone else got Music Pro? Or shall I take it? <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, so it's explicitly. The, I looked at all the kind of caveats around it, but you know, they already had Video Pro, Cinema Pro, and Photo Pro yep. for their camera experience I, st- I, I don't want to dwell on it but i still hate this video pro and cinema pro and those are different yeah. things but oh and you can shoot on. video in photo pro yes by the way. i know I, those apps <laughs> just to make it extra messy um but now they have music pro great what's that it's um you can use the on-device microphones i can't remember i think it's three maybe more just like the regular microphones that are just built into the phone you can record yourself singing and this is a feature explicitly for vocal like for singing not for recording your guitar or anything and if you pay a subscription, a monthly subscription of $4.99, I don't know what the UK price is, you can have it sent off to a cloud storage and it can be mastered using cloud processing to make it close to a professional condenser mic experience. So it'll tune out background wind noise. It'll help bring up the levels and, and balance out the sound. And you can do some on-device editing with that audio clip and mastering and stuff like this. It's super niche, super, super like... This is a device for creators. Yeah. Creators. Mm. Yeah. 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 I, <laughs> and it also means you're then locked into your... I mean, everyone's trying to get subscription service. Yeah. This is the weirdest subscription service offering I've, I've ever seen oh, on my phone. It's an expensive one. Yeah, You've it's a lot of money. You've got to use that a lot to justify a five... That's the same price as Disney Plus. You know, <laughs> like... <laughs> yeah yeah oh, oh also they have brought in the, in the subject of video streaming they've brought bravia core to mobile now as well bravia calls on their high-end tvs it's like gives you kind of a, a kind of filtered view of content optimized for the kind of features that sony likes to push so yep. like it's hdr standards and it's dolby support and all that kind of stuff so you now you can do that on the device because it's specced for all of their stuff you know their 360 reality audios in there all of that um, okay, let's move on and talk uh, about the other Sony phone in brief. So they also announced the Sony Xperia 10.4. So I'm noting they did not announce an Xperia 5.4, uh, no. the compact version of the flagship. So we had heard in leaks before that one of the Xperias had been cancelled. That one, I guess. So yeah. maybe it's going to turn up in six months. I wouldn't put it past Sony. But I think it's probably fair to say they have killed their small phone as well, and we can add it to the big, the big pile of small phones that nobody bought. Um, but we have the Xperia 10.4, so this is uh, it's, it's such great contrast in price. I love that they, outside of Japan, released two phones, and one of them is a third of the price of the other one. <laughs> yeah. uh, so this is very much a mid-ranger. It's really right around the same pricing as the uh, the Google Pix- Pixel 6a. Um, What's confusing is they haven't announced an actual price for the phone they're launching next month. They've announced an approximate price. 
which is it's approximately yeah. 499 euros 429 pounds <laughs> which Roughly. is I hope it comes in at like four nine two. Yeah, something really, really obscure. <laughs> Official price. I assume this is some yeah, ultra precise attempt to be ultra precise in sort of getting around the fact that often pricing in Europe actually varies by market. And so what they probably mean is mm. it's four hundred twenty nine in the UK, and in Europe it's around four nine nine, but it might be ten euros more in yeah. Germany than it is in France. Um, but everyone else just announces the cheapest price they've got. And uh, sure. Sony wanted to flag it might vary. So I suppose I should, you know, give them kudos for that rather than knock the weird wording. Um, but yeah, this is, um, again, they haven't changed a huge amount from last year this time. It Again, it looks very, very similar. Um, it's like the last one, got the slightly odd IP65 slash 68 dust and water resistance rating, which I promise does make sense. I can't remember off the top of my head how it makes sense, but you have to, it's, it's 65 and 68 are technically slightly different ratings and 68 is for different things, not just more of the same as 65. So it does make sense to have both with the slash. But it's if really you go to techadvisor.com, <laughs> you'll find the what is an IP rating article, which will explain everything. Yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's not a huge amount else to say here. It's got triple cameras. It's It's... It's the I like the colours. Last one, isn't it? I do like the like colours. That's fair. The yeah. fact they've gone colourful because they usually go so plain and boring with these. Um, and we'll probably just get the black one in the UK because that's how it, it played out last time, I think. But there are white, green, and purple ones, and I, I mean, yeah, I'm a sucker for a purple phone. I think this is a good purple. I like it. But I like the green. I actually really like that punchy green they've gone for. What did you think of the purple on the the one mark for? Whilst we're here. Oh, I didn't notice the purple one mark for. This is it's like I said, so I know unassumingly like dark grey. Oh no, I wouldn't. I didn't realize it was purple at first. That doesn't um, sound like a good purple. No, no. Uh, it, it's the lightest five D phone. I think they said that was their hook with the ten mark four. Yeah, I. You mentioned this earlier. Did, is that counting apples? I actually. What is in the the, the, the light? SE the and minis, the minis are both pretty light phones. Brilliant. I'm, Maybe it's they said Android phone. I don't know. I could believe this could be the lightest 5G Android phone. I'd be really impressed if it was lighter than. I don't know if it's on the site. The it's iPhones. definitely in their presentation. Yeah. is where they said it. So that was the quote I kind of picked up on. So yeah, maybe it's just rubbish. Yeah, I'm, absolutely. I'm, rubbish. I'm a little suspect of that because <laughs> uh. it's not that small a phone either. It's not like those are those are very very um very dinky. Whereas what's the screen size? Uh, six inches. So it's not. Oh, okay. It is smallish. Which I guess in a way, presumably, this is kind of... We were talking about them cancelling the 5.4. In a way, this is them kind of fusing the 5 and the 10. This is small, around the size the 5 was, but with the cheap, you know, the less powerful specs of the 10 series. So yeah. I guess it's them consolidating those two. Um, I, I can't help but... For a company that already only made three phones... The fact they now make two phones it does feel a bit like the writing's on the wall. Hey, don't forget about the Pro I. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, if you if you thought the uh, yeah the 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 top spec one Mark Four was expensive, the Pro I starts there as well. Yes, that's true. Um, With last year's hardware, I should also caveat they do make more phones than that. Just they don't come out outside of Japan. They do kind of have yeah. a, a few other cheaper yeah. models that launch in Japan. It's like an Ace, I think. Yeah, in Japan. I think that's popular. right. They just never come yeah, out anywhere well, else. 
what I was curious about, I know as part of this rebranding globally anyway, they released like the L4 a couple of years ago. Oh, yeah. And then oh. I reviewed that. And it, I mean, it wasn't particularly great for the price because <laughs> there was so much great competition. But then I think they've just stopped, stopped releasing that. There's no word on them releasing like a true budget phone anymore. The number of times I've had conversations with Sony reps about them like rethinking their mobile approach and they're, they're going all premium this year. Or they, they're going to do like, you know, just three phones this year. And they always, they're always very optimistic. Like they do clearly want to succeed. Like they're trying, but then it seems like they don't then follow through with like a, a clear plan. Yep. And that's where it falls apart. I feel bad for them in the mid-range space because we were talking about the 6A kind of having an IP rating and that being kind of relatively rare and, and kind of that showed this kind of some element of like a sinking approach between Google and Samsung and, and to some extent Apple and how they approach the mid-range market. Um, the thing is, Sony did that first. And really, one of the things yeah. about the Xperia 10s was for a while they were unique because they had this line of having kind of flagship features like an IP rating and, and you know, a couple other bits, but bringing those to the lower end of the market and then compromising in kind of core performance and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, they it was it was the USP of, of the Xperia 10s fundamentally, but now Samsung, Apple and Google all pretty reliably offer the exact same thing. And it, it just it doesn't really, it's hard to see what then the 10 brings to the market that that no one else does. And also the other thing with, you know, we, we we often talk about how there's less competition in the mid-range market in the US and Sony sells its flagships in the US. Mm. It doesn't sell the mid-ranges in the US. Mm. So if anywhere was going to do well for the 10.4, it would probably be the US. Yeah. And yet they're not selling it there. The US mid-range market remains this fascinating, like, open goal uh, waiting for <laughs> literally any company no, to try and put the ball it. in the net. Uh, <laughs> but they refuse on, I don't know, point of principle or something. <laughs> uh, yeah, I should I should just say that, just going back to the, the one mark for that's it's coming out in June in the UK, but then not until the start of September in the US. Really? I thought it was a really strange oh. decision. I know that obviously it's like no priority in the US market, but why would you release it at all if it's going to be I mean, so delayed again? That's at least more concrete than last year where they were like summer yeah. oh, and yeah. then it kind of trickled out in various countries just willy-nilly. Like there was no rhyme well, or reason to which Last year there was next. pretty much a full six-month gap, right, between announcement <laughs> and release. Yeah, so, it was mad. Um, they're, they're closing it. Uh, let's talk about ZTE <laughs> briefly before we wrap things up for today. Because uh, in any other week, I think the ZTE Axon 40 announcement might well have been one of the main things we wanted to chat about on the show, because uh, it is interesting. So ZTE announced the Axon 40 series, uh, which includes the third gen of their under-display selfie camera. So they are—they were the first to do this, and they are probably the best. Uh, sorry, Samsung, and they have gotten better yet again. Um, there are two phones. I spoke. The other week when I was talking about this, that we were expecting three phones, but um, again, I was wrong. Sorry. Uh, there are two, but they have managed to shift their naming structure again. So last year there was an Axon 30 and an Axon 30 Ultra. Now there's an Axon 40 Pro and an Axon 40 Ultra, but there's no regular Axon 40. Because <laughs> that'd be too easy. That'd be too easy. <laughs> last year, the under display camera was on the regular model, but not on the Ultra. This year, the under-display camera is in the Ultra, but oh, not yes. in the Pro. We were talking about this, And we? not in the non-existent regular model. Uh, so, I don't know. They, they're clearly changing tack 
you know rapidly as they try and figure out how to how to get this lineup out into the market in a compelling way. But, I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kind of again, open goal situation. Like no one else is doing this. They yeah. kind of have free reign. With the the three, I think you reviewed the Axon Thirty, Lewis. Is that right? Yeah, and they they'd already figured out how to match the pixel density with the camera portion with the rest, right? So I assume all that's improved now is picture quality because that's always the thing that suffers with these these mesh systems, right? Yeah. yeah. I called Huawei out in the past for disappearing the bezels on their phones. There literally was no bezel. They just screened right to the edge. I was like, that's not how any phone looks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the fold the fold is dismal. Yeah. Yeah. Um I mean it's it's interesting Toddy you made the point you you kind of figured the the main enhancements they talk about would be to actual image quality from the from the under display thing. Mm. Actually in a way what they've been at least typing up is that they it's even more invisible still. Oh no, that's bad um, in my book. That's worrying. <laughs> yeah, they've now like uh, I, I mean, I assume this helps with the image quality as well. But they've they've what what they've added now is there's a, a new dedicated display chip called the UDC Pro chip, um, which is Ooh. at least in part designed to maintain that uniformity in in pixel density. So that's kind of what that is there for. To specifically, we've seen phones with dedicated display chips, but this is one that's dedicated to that tiny bit of the display just so like to keep 200 it, pixels yeah. <laughs> just to keep it running wow. like the others and you can see they've got sort of imagery from their presentation where they're just like highlighting the two bits of the screen next to each other you just cannot tell the difference zoomed in as they can get so they seem to be emphasizing that they're perfecting that and image quality is still maybe the thing they don't want to draw the most attention to um I've seen a, a couple of people who've managed to get their hands on sort of a, a Hong Kong unit earlier or tried out in China and taken taken selfies with it. And the tone I've seen from people trying it out for themselves is, again, better, but it's still not quite there. Yeah, there's still a, a softness to it, um, which is still going to be the, the drawback for, for so many. Um, I think there was actually... Exactly. The, we were talking about the iPhone um, kind of future uh, earlier in terms of uh, lightning and then talking about the, their, their upcoming pill and punch hole thing. But um, there was uh, some speculation this week um, about when they would adopt under display cameras. And um, uh, basically, uh, Ross Young, who's a, who works in the display industry, was basically, I think, predicting that the pros would adopt it in... 2025 um, so is that 16 iphone 16 the iphone 16 pros and that yeah. the regular models would get it in the 17s 
Um, and that's how long he thought it would take for Apple to hit the point where this tech was a good enough, but also to be fair, affordable enough for them to mass produce. Cause that is the other factor there. So it's not just a question of quality, but still there was this idea that even with this kind of latest version still for Apple, we're three years off the point where they might be willing to put it on a phone. I mean, I would pitch even longer just based on the fact we still don't have in-display touch ID. Yes, like... I gotta be honest. I think twenty twenty-five yeah. might be optimistic. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sure, yeah, yeah. Because because then would Apple would it, would it try and put all its like Face ID sensors under the display as well? So yeah, that would be that would be a real. Well, the, the, his 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 prediction was we will see Face ID go under the display in twenty twenty. Four, I think I can't remember exactly. Wow. But Face ID goes underneath first, and you just get a single punch hole, and then a, a year or two later, the selfie camera goes under the display. Because um, they and don't, they'll spin it as the first ever phone to ever do that. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> it'll be groundbreaking. But that makes sense because Face ID, presumably, you don't need the Face ID to be pixel perfect in in the same no. way. Yeah, as long as it doesn't break the security side of it, I'm sure they can figure out ways to make that work under the display. But uh, no one wants. I, Apple must be so terrified of putting out an iPhone that everyone says, like, worst selfie camera ever in an iPhone, you know. Um, Do we know, with the Axon 40 range, are we going to see them in Europe or in the UK or in the US or anywhere else? Yeah, so the Ultra is on track for a global launch, okay. um, which uh, I think the current ones you can buy in the US. They're not available, like, from carriers or anything. Yeah. But, you know, you could go to the ZTE website in the US and buy one. So I think that would be the same here. So the Ultra with the under-display camera will be getting a global launch. It looks like the Pro maybe won't be. At least there's been no, been no confirmation of the Pro going international. Which, again, makes sense because the Pro doesn't have that unique selling point to it. The Pro is just another pretty nice-looking android slab phone uh it's got 144 hertz refresh rate so that's still Ooh. relatively unique um but it's a snapdragon 870 so it's not top of the line performance wise otherwise and so the balance of specs there is a little odd the ultra is, is an 8 gen one um one thing not the ultra is like it's a 6.8 inch display which sounds enormous but it's better than the 6.9 inch display they used on last year's so <laughs> this is them <laughs> making it compact uh, pocketable, but yeah. I, I think that's a good move. I, I hope it keeps going that way because, yeah, the... yeah, yeah, true. The 99p threshold. Uh -huh. I'm really curious to see what the design is like in person because, like, it looks kind of like just like the Moto Edge 30 series right yeah, now. It's in these images, but very similar. Yeah, very yeah. similar design. Mm. Very Spartan, kind of simple. Yeah. I, I, yeah, it's sleek. It's it's not eye-catching in a way. Like, I don't think it does anything really unique or like, oh, wow, this phone's beautiful. But if you want something that's a bit understated and just looks like a nice phone, it, you know, I think it does that fairly well. <laughs> this has also yeah, brought didn't... back the 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 other kind of selling point they have beyond the undisplayed camera having brought up the camera module is triple 64 meg rear cameras oh yeah that was cool yeah um including a 64 meg periscope with ois which you know is pretty high megapixel for a, for a periscope that's impressive so, yeah yeah 
Yeah, be intrigued to see that against the new Sony camera. Yeah. Cool. I remember being very surprised by your review of the 30 ultra because my, my view of it was probably are uh, they've just thrown specs at this but they won't know what to do with it they don't you know they have nubia so they're good at gaming phones and performance on that side but they don't really have any models out where i'd really rate them as like one of the best camera companies around so i was very surprised that actually from your review it really did look like the 30 ultra actually delivered i don't know if i'd say it's one of the best camera phones market but it was it seemed really really good yeah, I think it found a place as like one of the most affordable ones in our best camera phone chart at the time because it was surprisingly impressive yeah. what it could do for the money. Yeah. Um, cool. So I'm sure we will revisit the Axon 40 Ultra when when we get one in because we are going to be getting one for review. But I think given the timing, I think it's a July global release. So I imagine we'll be getting our review unit somewhere around there. So it might be a little while till we can talk about that again. But uh, we'll definitely be uh chatting about the future to kind of talk about how that under display camera really holds up once we've gotten our hands on it um cool well let's call it this has been a bumper episode uh there has been a lot to talk about we will be back same time same place next week we uh will get to talk about the oneplus launch that's coming out next week and um huawei uh, the huawei launch of course yeah um and the other thing is they mentioned last week there was one more launch for this week which is the global launch of Honor's Magic 4 series, is tonight in, in London. So it's just too late for us to talk about on this week's show. But we may return to Magic 4 stuff next week uh, to, to cover that again. So, yes, thank you, Lewis, Toddy, Anne, and Iron for joining me this week. Uh, thank you to everyone who has been watching and listening. Uh, and a special thank you to Nas in the YouTube comments who decided to compliment my Arsenal t-shirt. Very much appreciated. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, there's a very big game tonight against Tottenham. I'm going to be in the pub getting very stressed and drunk. So I'm off to do that. Uh, thank you, everyone, and bye for now. Bye. See ya.